like your daddy's wife, you make it a coffee. You heard the ATL again, so back the hell up off. Softly as if I played piano in the dark. Found a way to channel my anger, not to win ball. Welcome to the Report readers, edition of the Peter Report podcast. I am Scott Reynolds here to talk Bucks Falcons preview with John Ledyard from PeterReport.com. And John, we've got a lot to talk about today. Buccaneers 1-0, the Atlanta Falcons 0-1. Maybe 0-1, John. That was an awful loss. It wasn't exactly the prettiest win by the Buccaneers Thursday night, but that Falcons beat down 32-6 by the Philadelphia Eagles. Just a, yeah, you'll a, take it. just a catastrophe in week one to open up the season in Atlanta, of all places. And uh, this new Arthur Smith regime did not start well for, for um, Matt Ryan and company on offense. And the defense, well, it wasn't much better. We're going to get into all of that in uh, today's Bucks falcons preview. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. As people can see, I am not at my normal desk. Normal routine probably don't sound the same. Hopefully, I... Looking sound good enough on this show. I really wanted to do this show, but this is a great story, Scott, because I asked you, you know, and I said, hey, should I get Frontier Internet as opposed to Spectrum? So I see if that improves some things. Yeah. And, you know, I asked people on, on, on my timeline, you know, people that follow right. me, people live in this area, and I got probably 50, 60 responses. And I think 55, 55, 95% maybe said go to frontier uh for right. sure no question well that's worked and out I'm well sure for they'll you be John. right <laughs> that's worked out incredibly sure well for right. you <laughs> i'm sure yeah. they'll be right eventually but someone at a construction site kind of yesterday we switched to frontier in the morning someone at a construction site cut a cable oh, last night damn, or, or a bunch of wires for frontier so now we have had no internet for almost 24 hours now so surviving on the hot spot and doing this one on my phone to see how it goes so so far, so good, and hopefully it uh, stays that way throughout the rest of the show. I am very much chilling right now. I am in yes. a much more relaxed couch setting yeah. as opposed to my normal setup. So I'm ready to rock this show. These are fun, Scott. We These preview shows, we have so much fun with them because yeah. we always bring in a lot of stats and thoughts, I think, that you won't necessarily get everywhere else by looking at box scores from other games. Right. We try to dive a little bit deeper, and I think we're prepared to do that today. So it's going to be a fun ride today. It's going to be fun, John, with a, with a capital F, and that F stands for Fournette. We're going to get into Leonard Fournette in a little bit. We're bringing back what could be a weekly segment called Leonard! Leonard! Oh, we're going to, we're oh, going to have that today. Back. We're going to have that today. Well, it depends on how he performs. But we had a Leonard moment, so we're going to bring up some Leonard – uh, footage for you guys later in the show. So uh, stay tuned for that. In the meantime, though, John, it's a, it, it's another Peter Report podcast sponsored by our good friends at Celsius. Mm-hmm. Care to talk about Celsius and how wonderful it is? Well, Celsius uh, is a wonderful drink, and it is a wonderful beverage that powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. I am I am uh, Celsius. One of my favorite things about them is the fact that they taste amazing. And yeah. there's a million different flavors, and so you don't like nothing gets stale, nothing gets old for you. Uh, but it also gives you the energy boost that you need without the drop off. Uh, so I love that about right. them. Also, think the fast energy bars. Oh, did you mention fast had, energy bars, John? Add one thing. They were great. Uh, I've happened to have two right here. I've got the the peanut crunch, the salted caramel peanut crunch, yes. and I've got the the white chocolate cookies and cream. Now, we've had some people say, okay, well, all we see is the, is the wrapped goods. Well, that's because I try to save half of mine just to show you guys, but I end up wolfing it down before the show ends. So that's what they look like right there, folks. Okay. They taste like they're, candy bars. They're phenomenal. <laughs> not kidding. They taste like candy bars. Uh, that's yeah. not in the script. That's just my ad lib, but it's true because I've tasted so many protein bars that taste like cardboard, that taste like sawdust. And it's like you wolf them down because you want the protein. You're like, oh, this, this tastes so gross. But these actually taste good. And the best part about them is 20 grams of protein, only two grams of sugar per bar. And they're on sale right now, John. They're 20% off on Amazon. So make sure you go over yeah. to Amazon, type in Fast Bars. I think we've got the, the link in our YouTube um, clip here. So click on that link. It's going to take you to Amazon where you can get them 20% off. Listen, uh, I've got a house full of three teenagers right now, and they're always looking for a snack to grab and go, especially before school. This is mm. this is it, folks. Uh, I, I, last time they had these on sale, I bought them 
for the back to school season and that whole shipment is gone. Like I, I need to replenish my supply. Thankfully they're 20% off. Head to Amazon and get your fast bars today. Yeah, we ate four boxes the first four boxes the first round. <laughs> I felt yeah. a little bit ridiculous, but they yeah. they replaced uh sweets for me a lot of the time too. When I have a sweet tooth, I just grab oh, yeah. those because I know they're better for me. Josh Q saying Southeast gets him through his runs. Absolutely, Josh. Hey, uh for workouts, especially in the morning. I have I drink part of one at least every morning when I go over to the gym to work out. Um Bucks Times ready for Lenny to come back. We're all ready for <laughs> Lenny to come back. Uh this is you know, this is gonna be a fun show, Scott, because we've got a small sample size to evaluate the 2021 season by we've also got this kind of this larger sample size of Arthur Smith being an offensive coordinator on a team where he had the Falcons head coach, by the way, now Arthur Smith by on a team for in Tennessee where he had really complete control of the offensive side for the most part. I mean, I'm sure Vrabel, but he's a defense, Mike Vrabel is a defensive coach. And that was kind of where a lot of his attention and energy went, obviously it's so Arthur Smith is taking kind of an offense that he had before and he's bringing it over and he's saying, Hey, this is what we're going to run in, in Atlanta. It's, it's an offense that relies a lot on play action. You're right. going to see a ton of play action. You're going to see a ton of bootlegs. You're going to see a ton of getting Matt Ryan off platform, maybe a little bit out of the pocket. You're going to see a ton of wide zone rushing uh, by Atlanta. You're going to see a ton of them trying to get the ball on the perimeter, cut it back, um, get all linebackers to over pursue. It's going to be a big game for Levante David and Devin White to stay disciplined, in my opinion, Scott, because of how much Atlanta likes to mess with and Arthur Smith likes to mess with the linebackers and try to move them off their spots. John, it's interesting because you mentioned Levante and, and Devin. And both of those guys had double-digit tackles in the first game. It was it was kind of funny how it worked out because I think, if I remember correctly, Devin had eight tackles in the first half. First half was kind of his. Mm-hmm. Second half, Levante comes storming back. I think he had four tackles in the first half. He had seven in the second, and he ended up with 11 to lead the team. So it's it was the tale of two linebackers, one at each half. Mm-hmm. But most of those tackles came – in in dropping in zone coverage and, and in the passing game. We're probably not going to see them make the tackles in the passing game. We're going to see them make the tackles in the running game because Arthur Smith and the Falcons, they want to run the ball. And you know what? They did a pretty good job of running the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles. They had 124 yards rushing. The problem is it didn't help them get points. They only scored two field goals. And it didn't really even set up the passing game because Matt Bryan, uh, had 136 yards passing in the entire game. So 260 yards was a very underwhelming performance. I thought uh, Cordero Patterson was the better runner of Mike Davis. I like both backs. And we're going to see a lot of 12 and 13 and 22 personnel. They're going to try to get big with their tight ends, their two back sets, and kind of beat you up. And, well, okay. <laughs> I think that's going to suit Tampa Bay just fine when it comes to their run defense, because that's what the Cowboys tried to do for a minute with Ezekiel. It didn't work out too well for the Cowboys trying to run against his defense. Right. It was funny. Bruce Aarons today at practice, he got asked about, Hey, well, how would you think about the way y'all defended the run? And he was like, first of all, Thursday's game's over. That doesn't even matter at this point. I'm moving on to the next game. But he was like, second of all, the Cowboys didn't even try to run. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I yeah. Was like, yeah, that's true. That's what a lot of teams are not going to try to run this season against the Bucs. They are going to face, for the most part, most of their games this year, they will face teams that typically try to attack them a lot through the air. Atlanta could be one of the exceptions to that rule, and the Bucs yeah. need to take advantage of that rare opportunity that they have against a team that might not quite be ready to get away from who they're building to try to be and be aggressive from the outset like Dallas was. I think Dallas's strategy gives, them the, gives the team the best chance to be able to beat a team like Tampa Bay I don't know that Atlanta is going to believe that in week two. Maybe in week whatever when they play again, you know, later in the season, maybe Atlanta will be ready to buy into that. But in week two, I don't think Atlanta is going to be ready to say we're going to come out ripping the ball, throwing it down the field. I mean, this is this might be in some ways dissimilar to the Cowboys' attack uh, in that oh, Atlanta might throw a short, but they won't. Dallas loves to take shots. Tampa Bay just didn't let them with the way they were constructed defensively in that game. Yeah. The other day, Dallas did not go down the field too often. And Atlanta didn't really even try to go down the field, despite getting thumped by the Eagles. It wasn't right. really even a priority for them. Matt Ryan had one pass attempt in that game, 
over yeah. 20 yards or more, Matt. And just Scott, one Indiana. completion over and it was eight, dropped. Yeah, in one completion for 18 yards. That was the longest. So their longest completion was 18 yards to Kyle Pitts, who had kind of an underwhelming rookie debut in his first game. Mm-hmm. We saw Devontae Smith of the Eagles score a touchdown in his first game uh, as an NFL pro, first round pick by the Eagles, Heisman Trophy winner. And, and he looked good. We'll get to the to the Falcons defense in just a second, but while sticking on the offensive side of the ball, um, Calvin Ridley kind of underwhelmed too. And I know they don't have Julio Jones. That was a calculated decision to, you know, to swap him out essentially for Pitts, trying to get another bigger type receiver, although he's a tight end, but uh, you know, I just didn't see Calvin Ridley be that number one receiver. I know he's a very good receiver, but the Eagles were doing something to him. I didn't see the all 22, but they were doing something to really bottle him up because he averaged about 10 yards per catch. I think five catches, 51 yards, something uh, to that effect. But, but yeah, John, I mean, for the, fa- for the whole game, Scott, the Falcons averaged 3.6 yards per pass play. That was yeah. their gain per pass play. That's just crazy low. Oh, it's pathetic is really what it is. And and the, the funny thing is the announcers were saying, you know, some teams give up on the run too, you know, too soon. Arthur Smith's not going to do that. Well, it didn't matter because they couldn't get plays in chunks. Uh, they, they could not convert on third down. John, they were horrible on third down. I want to say they were one of – one of ten. Three of fourteen. Three, three of fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Three of fourteen. Yeah. They're one at one of ten at one point. And then they finished three of fourteen on third downs. So it was just absolutely I think, horrific performance. I think they were Robinson. yeah, I think they were like twenty thirtieth maybe or thirty first in the NFL in week one in third down completion or third down per conversion percentage. And they faced plenty of third downs of fourteen. So they weren't winning necessarily on the early downs either. It was just a rough Offensively, there wasn't really much anything that goes right for them other than the way they ran the ball at the very outset of the game. And that goes back to like what is probably going to be my primary point here is that for the Falcons to do what they want to do and feel comfortable running the way they playing the way they want to play, they need to be able to run football. They need this game to be close. They cannot let right. this game get out of hand early. I actually think that could lead them to take some shots early in the game. Yes. A, to, 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 to get maybe to be able to operate from chance of having a lead that could change the game for them at least early um and the other thing just you know they were embarrassed and they know what they're up against in terms of it really being a really good team and while they may not change their philosophy uh in terms of what they're doing uh and the way they want to play ball control offense i still believe that this is a team that is going to say all right we we're going to take a chance here and there in this game and try to hit a big play on these guys and they might and it might not be enough to sustain over the course of the game but I, i do think if you're tampa bay I think you should be ready for a more aggressive approach than what Philadelphia. Philadelphia, most people expect them to be near the bottom of a bad division. Yeah. And Atlanta knows that at least in part, I think, going into the game. So I think that affected maybe the way that they prepared for to call to what plays the call early on in the game. John, the problem is if you're going to take shots downfield, you have to have the pass protection to be able to do it. Uh, I, I kind of agree with what JLs is saying. Atlanta's going to try to wide, res- mm-hmm. wide receiver screen, the defense to sleep and then go deep. Uh, listen, if you're Matt Ryan, uh, he was under siege all day. Their defensive tackles uh, got off. We're talking about um, uh, Hargrave and uh, mm, Fletcher uh, Cox. Fletcher guy, yeah, those those guys really made life miserable for Matt Ryan. It wasn't even just the sacks that they got; it was it was just the, the pressures. And right. uh, it, he did not have a very efficient performance whatsoever. And uh, I would expect the same. The Bucks have a better pass rush. I know they're chomping at the bit to get one, more than one sack. You've got too many prideful guys, Shaq, JPP. You know that that Joe Tryon, Shoinka's itching to get his first NFL sack. Uh, Levante David and Devin White were blitzing like crazy against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday. They're going to want to get on on the uh, the sack sheet as well. So. Yeah. I would expect yeah, this... uh, a, not, a not so great performance by this offensive line. And John, you did a good job of kind of going over some of the numbers for me on for Monday's show. I'm going to repeat them here. I mean, Caleb McGarry, the right tackle, had a 39.7 pass pro grade. He gave up five pressures. But John, that's really good compared to the rookie Jalen Mayfield, <laughs> who had who gave up eight pressures in two sacks, and he had a 1.4 grade in pass protection 1.4 yeah. 
That's hard to do, Scott. Like 1.4 is as low as I've ever seen Pro Football Focus give out a grade. And I've said before, I don't think Pro Football grades are gospel, especially positions like offensive line. Um, right. I'm, I'm, I can be skeptical. But when you grade a 1.4, you probably were bad. You may not be historically bad like that number indicates, but you were probably very bad in that game. And the fact that he also was kind of bench later in that game, now his starting spot is already up in the air. By the way, if you're a rookie and you're yeah. starting your first NFL game, and you're getting benched right after. That's, that's not a good look. Indication to me. That's a coaching staff though, too, right? To some degree, like, it, was this guy ready or not? And do you believe in right. him or not? Because like, you can't be benching a guy after. So they they may be looking at other options there. They've got Drew Dahlman as a possibility to potentially play guard there, and they've got some other options too. That Drew Dahlman is another rookie, uh, I believe, for them uh, from Stanford. So the right. left guard could be a revolving door. It could be I don't know what it's going to look like. Center is already. A huge question mark for them. Obviously, they're trying to replace Alex Mack, who was a longtime center that he went to San Francisco, yeah. was a stud in Atlanta. The process of replacing him with Matt Hennessy has gone poorly so far. 26.2 pass grade, John. That's, yeah, no, I, that, I, I, I listen, I'm not a teacher. True pass sense. Yeah. I'm not a teacher, but a 26.2, that's an F, right? Is it not? Yeah, it's right. And yes, and yeah, his grade was actually somehow worse. It was a 20 when you take in all of his pass sets, including yeah. like, those off play actions and like slides and things like that. He was even right. worse than those things, which was supposed to help. Um, it was just terrible. He, he allowed three pressures. Uh, he gave up a sack as well. Um, but those numbers <laughs> indicate that even when they didn't give up pressure or sacks, they were still losing. And Matt Ryan was getting the ball out quick and short. So it was just really not very good at all. Uh, yeah. And then you have from those three, at least, I do think Lindstrom, the right guard, is a good player. and He'll be a very good starter in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so Matthews, the left tackle is still a good player, but overall, yeah, I mean, you've got Vita Vea basically against the oh, worst two gosh. players right now. And yeah, yeah. against Jalen Mayfield and in Hennessy, I mean, yes, you know, listen, I, I got to think the pro football focus, if you put your Jersey on correctly and you show up for the game, I think you get a five in the fact that, Hey, the Jalen Mayfield 60. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, started 60. Players. Right. I'm just saying like, I think the the bottom level, like the floor, should be a five. Well, he showed up for the game, and he started, and he put his jersey on right, and he had his helmet and mouthpiece in. Let's give him a five. No, they gave him a 1.4 because he sucks so bad. <laughs> it was rough, and their group is young, obviously. Hennessy, this is his first season as a full starter. Mayfield's a rookie. I said Dolman, who replaced him as a yeah. rookie, who could start him as a rookie. So uh, McGarry has, has missed some time with injuries, former first-round pick. Lindstrom was a first-round pick. They have invested a ton of resources in this offensive line. All of these guys are top three-round picks. I think Dahlman was a fourth-round pick. Matthews is a first-rounder. McGarry is a first-rounder. Lindstrom is a first-rounder. Hesse was a second- or third-rounder. Right. So they've they, they poured in resources, and, and right. they hope these guys can get it done. But the, here's the bottom line. They are better at run blocking in a zone-specific scheme than yep. they are at pass protection. And that's what Atlanta is kind of banking on being the case moving forward, that they are going to be able to run the ball. And I'm just not sure it's going to be the case unless their defense is a lot better than what it seems, what we've seen so far from that side of the ball. No, I'm, I'm with you, John. And, you know, listen, the fact, again, the Bucks only had one sack, they've got to be looking at the film and just licking their chops. I mean, Sunday mm -hmm. cannot get here fast enough for these guys, I think. And, uh, you know, because listen, the, the, the number inside the building is, is 50. They want to get a over 50 sacks. That's what they're capable of doing. That's, that's their, their goal number. That's, that's what's being communicated in the building, at least 50. Because I believe they got 47 two years ago, 48 last year. They're building in that direction. Mm -hmm. They had quite a few sacks in the postseason, obviously, in that Green Bay game for sure. Three sacks against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But uh, they want to get 50 in the regular season. And I think the, the Buccaneer team record is 55. And and they can they can certainly do that, uh, John. If I'm if, you know I'm just gonna say it. If I'm a betting man, uh, I'm I'm going to go to my bookie and I'm gonna see if there's a prop bet for all the sacks yes. the Buccaneers can get. Listen, the NFL is back in action. It's it's winning season in my bookie. It's over five hundred thousand dollars in contest prize money. Winning season makes the big games better. The victories even sweeter. John, I cleaned up this weekend. Not just on Saturday with my two college uh, bets that hit, but also I had the Raiders. I had John Gruden in the Raiders. 
on Monday oh, Night Football. I took the money line. <laughs> I took the money line. I, I really should have won twice because I thought the Raiders won that game twice. So I, I texted John after the game. I'm, wow, John, that's that's awesome. Congratulations, Gruden. What a great win. He texted me back like 5 in the morning like, thanks, God, you know. He's super excited. I was excited because I, I won a lot of money on that money line. So head over to mybookie.ag. Choose from a variety of boosts, contests, and promotions up for grabs, highlighted by the crown jewel of winning season, the famed MyBookie Super Contest. It's the only contest that costs just 10 bucks to enter, and you get to pick five games against the spread each week, and each week earns you a point. Each point gets you closer to that grand prize. So listen, here's the cool thing. If you missed out on week one, don't even sweat it because the entries are still open. You can do it in week two and play catch-up. All it takes is one really solid week. You're right back in the mix. Don't just take my word for it. Join now. Start your winning season with MyBookie today. Now, in order to get started, make your first deposit at MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code PEWTER to instantly receive double your deposit. That's right. Double your money to double your winnings with your first ever deposit using promo code PEWTER. So if you want to put in 200 bucks, they'll give you 200. Now you have $400. If you want to put in 500, They'll put in 500 now you're up to $1,000 to start your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. John, I had a lot of fun last week over MyBookie. I've been betting with MyBookie for the past four years. I'm off to a great start in year number four. I'm excited. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You are pumped about it. Every, every college game day, I'm getting the text. Five large, 50 large. Five large, baby. That's right. Let's get to the injury report just came out. Uh, I want to update everybody, and we'll maybe we'll move over sides of the ball here. With the we got some report. really good news today uh, for the Buccaneers, did we not, in the secondary? That's true. Jordan Whitehead, full participant in practice today with that hamstring injury. Arian said he's a full go, no limitations for him, so that's a great sign. As predicted, they kind of used that long. They said we can get through week one without him. Let's get in that long break going back into week two, and he'll be fully healthy. Smart decision by the Bucs. They handled injuries really well. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul was limited today with a hand injury. Uh, not unusual to see Pierre-Paul on the uh, practice report. Uh, maybe a little unusual to see him limited with a hand injury, considering, yeah. well, that joke's been used. Antonio Brown and Shaquille Barrett, full participants in practice today with knee and back injuries for uh, knee for maybe and uh, back for uh, Shaq Barrett, but they were both full participants, so no concerns. They're right now pretty healthy, and the Falcons do not have anybody on the injury report. So if the Falcons are looking for a positive, Nobody's on the injury report right Just now. Just wounded pride, John. Just wounded pride after losing at home 32-6, to six, okay? Yeah, I mean, well, it. here's the thing. Like, they got their asses kicked on Sunday, right? So now it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. so their asses are probably feeling better now, right? So there are, none of the asses are on the injury report. So That's right. I, but I at the same time, that makes them a more dangerous team, doesn't it? I mean, a team with something to prove, a team that was just embarrassed. I think they're yes. going to come out with some firepower. I don't know if it'll last or be enough. But I think they come out with a few things that they want to prove in this game, and the Bucs will have their hands full in the first quarter, I think. I think you're right. Um, And listen, we all know the statistic, right? If you start off 0-2, playoffs are really, 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 historically, statistically speaking, tough to reach. So there's that. And nobody wants to start off 0-2. The 17th game may change that a little bit, but you're right. It's still still going to be – Still going to be a low percentage. Still going to be no. sub twenty, sub fifteen percent, probably. John, the best thing about the seventeen game schedule, and the thing is, it's eventually going to go to eighteen. All right, we're we're trending to two preseason games and eighteen regular season games. This is what's what the owners want. This is the drip, drip, drip. You know, seventeen games get you to eighteen games. That's what they want. But the cool thing about seventeen games is nobody can have that that eight and eight record. Nobody can have that. That 500 season, right? It's either you got a winning season or you got a losing season, right? I mean, that that's the beauty of it as I yeah. see it. You're either going to be nine and eight or you're going to be eight and nine. So there's no more eight and eight with the 17 game schedule. So, yeah, for Positive. sure. And I think, yeah, if you're Atlanta and you're looking at this and you're saying, okay, we know they're not going to be maybe, uh, like I said, in week one against Philadelphia where they felt like we can play our way just how we normally would. They're going to feel like Dallas did. They have to do some extra things probably to try to win this game. And I think that, you know, if they're going to do those things offensively, it starts with Calvin Ridley last year. He really, I mean, he was probably one of the most devastating players that the Bucs dealt with last year, I felt like, just in terms of they actually tried to double team him and they, they respected him that much. And it was just largely unsuccessful. He was unbelievable against Tampa Bay last season. He really, the first matchup against Sean Murphy Bunting, 
was really uh, egregious. I mean, he went off. I'm going to pull up his numbers right now and relay yeah. those to you. But he – that was probably Sean Murphy Bunting's worst game as a pro, I would right. say. And he said a couple rough ones, but that one was was up there for him. And that week 15 game, uh, let's see, he caught 10 passes on 14 targets for 163 yards and a touchdown. Much better the next time around in week 17, the Bucks defended him better. Eight catches for just 52 yards. He did have a couple drops in that game, I will say. So those numbers aren't as maybe uh, comforting as you would think they would be. But he had 12 targets in that game too. Obviously new coaches. So maybe none of that matters. And maybe his usage will be totally different. Um, but I think that's something to kind of pay attention to here, maybe, is that Calvin Ridley has had a lot of success against David May. Now I'll add this. Carlton Davis only played about 40 snaps the first time in week 15 and didn't play at all in week yeah. 17. So that makes a big difference without only Julio Jones, who didn't play against the Bucs last year, without him to worry about with right. Atlanta playing so much offensively from two tight end sets and not three wide receiver sets. That could really help a Tampa Bay secondary that's hurting I a agree. little bit right now. I agree. And you, the thing is, is, is they lost last year. Um, twice to the Bucks, and the Falcons blew a 17-point lead at home, halftime lead. The Bucks came roaring back, scored 31 points in the second half to stun Atlanta, 31-27, and then they won 44-27, the Bucks did, at home in Week 17. And that was the game Antonio Brown went off when yep. Mike Edwards was out over 100 yards, 11 catches, two touchdowns for A.B. Mm-hmm. And that A.B., that version of A.B., Looks like the kind of version of AB we saw on Thursday night against Dallas, right? Catching yeah. passes for 100 yards, a 47-yard, you know, big explosive play. Um, but let's let's stick with with the Falcons uh, receiver. Or I'm going to say uh, Russell Gage. Yeah, there's a little bit of, of you know fear factor there with the speed, but really it's it's Ridley, I think Ridley and Pitts. So if you're Todd Bowles and you're without Sean Murphy Bunting, we saw that Ross Cockrell kind of struggled, right? I mean, he doesn't have the foot speed. I like Ross Cockrell in the slot for about the first 15 to 20 yards. After that, he gets in a trail position, does not have the foot speed to catch up with guys like Mari Cooper, who he gave a, a touchdown to. So if you are Matt Ryan, you're looking, I think, for that matchup against Ross Cockrell. If you're going to take a shot downfield, that's where you want to zoom in. Do the Buccaneers – do they play more cover two this game just to prevent the big play? Or are they going to go cover one, cover three with that single high safety, probably Winfield? And now that Jordan Whitehead's back, have Whitehead down there in the box to try to help stop the likes of uh, Cordero Patterson and, uh, mm. and uh, Mike Davis, the running backs. Yeah, this is the most fascinating part of when the Falcons have the ball to me, Scott, is how the Bucs choose to match up with them. You mentioned Russell Gage last year, first matchup, five catches on 10 targets, 68 yards and a touchdown, really good game. Next matchup, nine catches on 10 targets, 91 yards and a touchdown. So he played very well against Tampa right. Bay last year. was kind of a breakout year for him. You fast forward to this year, and week one just didn't feel like they were had any idea kind of how to use them. I mean, here's a guy who really played excellent football from the slot last season. Right. And they obviously spread the field in Dirk Cutter's offense. And it was a very encouraging season for Russell Gage. Like it was so encouraging that yeah, no problem moving Julio Jones out of there. And then this year, if you look, I mean, he was playing in, in the last game, he played some of the slot, but he played a ton out wide too in their first game. And so it's just, I'm like, man, do they know how to use him? He played way more out wide. They used a ton of two wide receiver sets. I don't know if that's as good a spot for him playing out wide, but that also brings up this weird situation where you're going to face a team now, if you're Tampa Bay, that is going to play tight ends in the slot a lot. They're going to play Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage outside a lot of their snaps unless they get behind and they have to go to 11, but they did not play a lot of snaps with three wide receivers. No, they don't they really not. have a proven third wide receiver right now or a two slot receiver or another outside receiver outside of Russell Gage, really. So there's a lot of question marks with the rest of the receiving core. You're going to see Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst in the slot a lot. Even yeah. when they come in, they yeah, might come right, out with 12 personnel and flex those guys. So how you're right. They it, defend them. Uh, and and, and that's the thing. is Ross Cockrell's not nearly as big as Sean Murphy Bunting. And they like Sean Murphy Bunting with his size, around 200 pounds, six foot tall, uh, long arms. They like him in the slot, and and especially against bigger receivers. I think he fares better against bigger receivers than slow, quick guys. 
and and, and not slow quick guys. I meant small quick guys. But yes. Uh, now you don't have Sean Murphy bunting. You've got a more slight Ross Cockrell who is good in coverage. Again, I think he's good with the underneath stuff. But the further away he goes from line of scrimmage, that's where that lack of foot speed gets exposed. So you could see Russell Gage there giving him a look one play from a speed merchant type perspective, trying to take him deep. The very next play, it could be Hayden Hurst or Kyle Pitts working underneath or in the intermediate routes and really kind of, you know, a big boying. Ross Cockrell in the slot. Yeah, so those matchups are going to be critical, Scott. And I'd love to um, unpack my philosophy for how the Bucks should defend a team like Atlanta. But first, we're talking a lot about stat lines. We got to talk about the Pick'em games over at Underdog Fantasy, Scott, because they're changing the game over there on Underdog. You can select over or under on players' stat lines. Get a pick two correct, and you can triple your money. Get a pick five correct. And you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. That's awesome. It's simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download their app. Sign up with the code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and build a pick em slip in sec- slip in, in seconds. Now, we got it, that banner that you see on the screen actually is wrong now. We got to change that thing because they're going to give you free $10 when you sign up and make your first deposit. If you download that Underdog Fantasy app, Sign up with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and you get your free $10 to be able to go in and start playing these pick'em games. So figure out what stat lines you want to bet on. Again, if you get, get pick five correct, you win 20 times the amount of money you enter with. This is pretty fun stuff that Underdog Fantasy is doing. They are, if you like spending money on some of these games and, and have the money that you want to play some of these games on, this is a place to do it, man. And it's going to give you $10 to get yourself started, too as you get in on these pick'em lines. So uh, check out uh, underdogfantasy.com and, and download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use that promo code P-E-W-T-E-R, Pewter, and get your free $10 today. Okay. All right, Scott, here's how I defend it, okay? Okay. If you're Tampa Bay, I'm playing three safeties a lot of this game. I know that there's going to be times when Atlanta goes 11, and I counter that. I like Cockrell play. There's, they don't threaten me in the slot as much. Even with Russell Gage, I, I want to see how Cockrell does before I make a change. I trust my guys in this one, I think. Carlton's going to be on Cal Ridley, good band. How do you defend Cal Pitts? He's a unique player uh, in terms of uh, how big he is. How are they going to use Cal Pitts, too, is a big question, right? Are they going to use him to the best of his ability? He did play on the slot. He played out wide. He played in line. He moved around a lot for Atlanta in week one. That's going to make it hard to mark him with somebody other than a corner if you feel comfortable moving a corner around. But really going to make it hard to mark him with any one player unless it's a safety. And then they're probably – I would guess they're not going to play that way every day with every snap with their safeties. So I would play Winfield more in the slot. Honestly, I would play Mike Edwards deep. I would play Jordan Whitehead as kind of your rover safety, and he can move around and play in the box and do some things. Obviously terrific against the run. But I would would definitely start this game in single high. I would play a lot of single high in this game. I would make them get you out of single high. I would try to match up and man as much as you can, uh, and I would try to stop the run with a safety in the box. And if you can do that, you're going to force them right away to get out of their element. If your offense, which we'll yeah. talk about in a second, takes care of business, that's how I would. That's what would be my game plan going into this game. A fourteen to seventeen, game plan. A, yeah, a fourteen seventeen point lead by Tampa Bay over Atlanta is kind of a death knell for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the first quarter, maybe not. There's still time left, but at halftime in the third quarter, I mean, it's the Falcons are going to have to, to throw the ball to catch it because every single time they turn the ball over, the Bucks I think, can get points on this defense. They can get a touchdown or a field goal and keep that scoreboard lit up. Uh, we, we got some really good points here slash questions. The Falcons' X factor is, is Cordero Patterson. If the coaches figure out how to keep him on the field and involved, they would do better. I, again, I thought he was the best offensive player on Sunday. And if you remember, Patterson really – was a factor for the Bears last year. Last year, coming out of the backfield as a running back, catching passes. Uh, I, I think the Falcons give him the ball as a running back more, but he can do a lot. He can, he can flex out in the slot. He can line up as a wide receiver. He can motion out of the backfield to the receiver sets. He can block. I mean, he is really kind of a a, a guy that you got to account for every play. I believe. Oh yeah, he's and he's a great return guy. Uh, the Bucks actually kicked it to him last year. It was like That's they right. only had. A handful. They only allowed 14 actual kickoff returns all year last year, but Patterson had like three of the best ones. I think a, a, a huge return against them a couple of times, and so it was. Uh, it was always an adventure with with Pat. I think he had a 40, 47, and 32 yard returns yeah. last year when they played uh, Chicago. So he is a tough guy to tackle in the open field. Um, but again, if that's your best asset, I think that 
Yeah, that's obviously it's not. I mean, Ridley and Pitts are going to be where this team operates. And they have good players. They honestly do. I don't think they know how to make it all work right now. If this were Dirk right. Cutter, and even though I, Arthur Smith may end up being a better coach than Dirk Cutter, uh, I think in week one it didn't look like Arthur Smith knew how to use everything that he had. Maybe he figures that out in week two. More likely it's, it's later in the season if he figures it out. I think Arthur Smith's a very good play caller, but there's other elements to being a head coach now and being in charge of an offense outside of just play calling. He had right. personnel given to him in Tennessee, and now it's, okay, what do I do with this personnel? How do I use everybody? And I think he's still figuring that part out, and that's why their weapons don't worry me as much as they would in an offense that may be better suited some of what they do, at least going into week two anyway. Yeah. Listen, uh, uh, we appreciate the super chat from Dara O'Brien. Is the Falcons' best player outside of Ryan and Ridley, their kicker? Probably not far off. I, I think you got to put Deion Jones in there, but, I mean, the, the kicker is good, right? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think Grady Jarrett's – I mean, he's an unbelievable football yeah. player. I mean, Tampa Bay's done very well against him, but he's a really good player. Deion Jones is a solid player. He's, you know, we'll see what direction his career is going, and we'll talk about their defense in a second. But, yeah, Young Hoku is a great kicker. Uh, he was terrific last year. I want to say he made the Pro Bowl. Is that right? That he, am I remembering that correctly? Maybe I I'm wrong he did. On that. I think he missed one kick. He's pretty pretty much yeah, automatic. He, you know. Yeah, he's a very good kicker, and so um, that is the strength of their team. Again, they're going to play better than they played against Philadelphia, but yeah. they're also playing a better team. And I think defensively, Tampa Bay matches up really well. I would say the only thing that would concern me is just lack of tape you have on what are the Swiss going to do, what all the things he's prepared for here. You know what he did in yeah. Tennessee. You also know he's come to a new team, and there's going to be things he wants to try, especially you know going into a situation where you know, like, like I said, you're going to try some stuff that you probably wouldn't maybe. John's internet connection is fading, fading fast. Uh, we'll see if we can get John back. Really would. John, are you there? Hello, hello, John. You're breaking up. You're going to try stuff in this game. And so. There you go. John's back, but he's not talking. He's frozen. That's where. Um, all right we're having some technical difficulties with john we're going to see if, if we can get him back in the meantime let me change the screen here in the meantime uh we're going to continue our talk about the falcons and the bucks doing the preview trask trask he knows all of pitt's tendencies talking about kyle trask and kyle pitts the Gator hookup connection there. When you've got um, you've got two first round, well, not first round, but uh, two big talented players from the same team, the same Florida team. Pitts was drafted in the first round. The Bucks considered drafting Trask in the first round. They made the right decision though <laughs> in getting Joe Trionka or Joe Joe Tryon Shainka into uh, the, the mix um, with the 32nd overall pick. Looks like a steal. Then they got Trask in the second round. So to your point, can Trask help them in terms of, of looking at, at pits and maybe giving Todd Bowles and that defensive staff some answers in terms of how to guard him, some of his tendencies? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the kind of thing that coaches always look for every type of edge possible. And sure, you can you can bet your bottom dollar that Todd Bowles is going to be asking Kyle Trask, in addition to looking at the tape, he's a smart coach. But yeah, they're going to be looking to see if uh, if there's any tips or tricks that they can uh, they can put in there. I'm trying to see if we can get John back to kind of talk on the other side of the ball. If not, we're going to get right to it. Here comes John. I see him. But yeah, I agree though. Cordell uh, Cordero Patterson Patterson's probably the player they really have to kind of key on. And um, there's John. How are you? Doing well. Back. Excellent. Can you hear me? Thanks. Okay. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're good. <laughs> there we go. Um, Welcome back, John. Yeah, I think you're right about Patterson, though. Um, I think that he's a play that player that they just have to be mindful of where he is in every snap. He's the kind of guy that can change the game with a touch. And um, when you come off a loss like that, you're looking to get players like that involved in what you're doing. And so right. you just have to be mindful of that, mindful of what another coach might be thinking. And that's hard to do when you don't have a ton of tape on them. So those would be the things I'd say are my main concern. But four quarters, if this Atlanta offense is pushing this Tampa Bay defense, they've got some real issues, I think. 
I agree. And uh, I, I think we, we can agree that, that, that Cordero Patterson might be the money player when it comes to the Falcons offense, just because he can run the ball, receive the ball out of the backfield, go downfield, run routes, etc. But if you're looking to manage your money, there's one place to do it, and that's Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. And I am proud to be a client of Amuni Financial. I've known Mark and Dave over there for, for quite a long time and, uh, and recently became a client and uh, been absolutely thrilled with my uh, investment portfolio ever since uh, I joined this summer. Managing your family's wealth means more to Amuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services. It means retirement accounts, college savings accounts and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial at 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864 or visit Immuni.com. All right, so let's talk about a little bit when the Bucks have the ball, Scott. Uh, but this is the side of the ball that everybody thinks it's going to be. This is where they at the game. This game is really one or not. Maybe on offense, Atlanta does have more talent than they showed in week one. Maybe they pull out a few things that they're not used to. The Bucks aren't used to seeing. Catch them by surprise down a manic corner. But offensively for the Bucks, there's just no reason. There's no reason why this game should be a, a very productive one. Obviously, DP is a good defensive coordinator, but he has a, a, a lack of talent here on the defensive side of the ball that is notable. Right. He's a blitz-heavy defensive coordinator, so that will be the one thing that he is trying to change this game. Can we change the game with a blitz? Can we change the game with pressure? He blitzed, I think, seventh most of any defensive coordinator in week one. He will come after Brady. He will come after this offensive line. I would expect um, <laughs> Brady wind up, John. Tony says. Um, yeah. I would expect this to be Bucks to utilize play action to slow down that pass rush. I would expect this approach. It should be an approach not totally similar to what they did against Kansas City and a little bit of what they did against Houston in the preseason. They should use tempo. They should go play action. They should do things to throw off the pass rush. They should get to the line of scrimmage and snap and not allow Pease to set up his pressures. Um, Pease is gone. He will be. He will go. He will go zero blitz and he yeah. will let his guys be on an island. And they need answers for those things and make them pay. Last year it wasn't peas, but the Falcons still went pretty blitz heavy at times uh, right. against the Bucks, and the Bucks made them pay in the second half of the comeback win. Uh, they were just all over them. And then same thing you know, when the Falcons tried it in Week 17 it was even worse for them. So they should have lots of lots of ammunition to make things happen. The Bucks had a lot more answers pressure than they did a year ago. They're better communicate through that stuff. Dallas blitzed them a fair amount with five at least, and, and, it, and it wasn't right didn't face them. Um, and the other factor here is Brady's time to throw remains hard to even fathom, Scott. I mean, here's a guy whose average depth of target is one of the deepest in the league, yet his average time to throw is one of the smallest in the league. He was throwing yeah. faster than Dak Prescott the other day. Think about how many times Brady went down the field and Prescott did not. And right. yet Brady is getting the ball out quicker than Prescott because he just plays so fast from the pocket. Um, you combine that with the subtle pocket movements, the fact that he's never too deep in the pocket. Uh, it's just really amazing how much that helps an offensive line. Um, I think it makes a huge I – mean, the Falcons individually have no great pass rushers. Grady Jarrett is really their only factor player. Uh, he right. was a problem at times, but the Bucks really handled him well. They're interested good in pass protection. Um, you don't necessarily worry about that as much, but – yeah, they don't really have any other interior passers or other outside guys yet. Uh, they gave uh, Dante Fowler a lot of money to, to not be very yeah. good, and so he, they he need to be able to handle. Anything. Yeah, right. It's yeah. been so they just are kind of looking. They've been looking for passers for ages. They went into the offseason looking for them and, and decided not to sign any of them. I, I, you know, I don't know what the plan was there. They right. just are. That is 
bring them back. But with Pease, they're going to blitz a lot, try and make up for it. The Bucks just have to have answers ready for that pressure. And then the rest of the game plan should, in my opinion, come pretty easily at that point. Yeah, Brian Shaw says, and I, I don't know this to be fact, it wouldn't surprise me, but in NFL records on the line for the Bucks, nine straight wins with scoring 30-plus points in every game. We talked about it ad nauseum, John. The magic number for the Bucks is 30. When they get 30 points or more, they've won the last eight straight games dating back to last year, and they're on a nine-game winning streak right now. So this would be win number 10 for the Bucks on Sunday, should they beat the Falcons, and I think they should, would, and could. And it's also going to be win number nine if they score 30 points or more in a row. And, and that's, that's quite an impressive streak. Uh, that's that if that is an NFL record and it sounds right, I don't, I can't recall any other team possibly doing that, but that would be quite the feat for Tom Brady and company. And they're probably going to need 30 the next week to beat the, the Rams the way they're playing. So the streak should, and, and, uh, and I think will continue. Um, I, 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 I just don't see you know, the, the the Falcons have revamped their secondary. They've got um, yeah. the, totally know, the, new the, players. <laughs> yeah, except for AJ Terrell, the rookie from last year. Right, they, they've got Terrell, and, they, and they've they've got I think one player at every level. They got Terrell in the secondary. They've got uh, Deion Jones in the uh, the linebacking core, and Grady Jarrett up front. And it's just not enough playmakers across the board. They're fortunate they have one at every level, but I just don't see any other star power outside of those guys. And yeah, when you talk about star power with the Buccaneers, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, you've got, you've got uh, Antonio Brown having a hundred yard game. You've got Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns. You've got Chris Godwin. Um, you know, you've got uh, Mike Evans, who I think is going to have a bounce back game. Everyone's all concerned about Mike Evans only having, you know, measly production although he was targeted a couple times down the field um who am i forgetting john on the offensive side i mean obviously aside from uh, tom brady um they're, 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 well yeah Scotty. i already mentioned gronk uh well scotty's not gonna play much uh, i know we talked about well we haven't talked about ronald jones being the starting running back yet but there's another guy um integral oh, part of the offense uh, is his name leo or leo! Leonard! Of course. Oh my That's God! It's a screen pass, Scott. It's a screen pass. Set it up. It's a first down screen pass. It's a thing of beauty. It's a great play home by Leonard. Coming off the turnover, you get points after the Ronald Jones fumble, and the ball goes off Leonard's hands. Uh. Leonard! You don't have an easier catch than that. What are you doing, Leonard? Hey, but he came back. He came back late in the game. Leonard Fournette with a great year. Oh, we're going to show that. Oh, we're going to show the drop again. Okay, drop. There's the drop. Drop for, for pick. Then later in the game, he came back, and he had a great hero moment. And he made a great catch. Mossing Michael Parsons. As Brady falls down, slipping and sliding everywhere. He mosses Michael Parsons. Parsons for the catch. A big contested grab, a huge moment. He picked up the first down, came back and redeemed himself. So good Leonard in there, too. We That's appreciate right. you, Leonard, keeping the segment alive. Had a couple run plays where he totally missed the gap, too, that I was going to show. But let's limit it today. Let's limit the damage. Let's end on a high note. Leonard, going into week two, buddy. We appreciate you. Let's get something done in week two. It's a positive moment, maybe one moment for us to laugh at. We'd appreciate that. Uh, and we'll bring the segment back next Wednesday as well. Absolutely. It's fun. I enjoy Leonard. You know, it's, it's, it's all good for a few moments during a game, you know? Yeah. It's oh, good yeah. for a few moments. Well, the, the best, listen, <laughs> hey, when Leonard Fournette re-signed this offseason, like you and I, we called each other. We're like, Leonard, <laughs> he's back. We get to do the segment again. So. Yeah, yeah, we actually were kind of getting kind of excited about it at that point because we were like, all right, as long as they didn't spend too much money. We're ready for Leonard to, to make a comeback here. So there's yeah. Leonard week one. But, hey, I mean, honestly, in this game, I wonder what the Bucks' mindset is in terms of running the football. Obviously, Philadelphia, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, that was necessarily just their only strategy. They were kind of reversal in their offense. They didn't take a lot of shots. They a lot of safe stuff for their quarterback, ran the ball well enough. And, you know, I think that I wonder what Tampa Bay is going to try and do because right now it looks like all your options are on the table a little bit against Atlanta a lot, uh, you know, this year. Um, some possibilities to being able to run the football against this team yeah. sure seem to exist. So um, 
how much I obviously don't want this team to be unhappy. They come out that way. Do they come out trying to run the football? But they usually do. And then they're yeah. just like, screw it. We're so good at passing. We're just going to keep doing it. And I think that could be, again, what we see happen. Um, this is a group for Atlanta. Like I said, the pass rush is a big question. Mark. You've got to find ways to get them out of blitzing as often as they are and, and make that pretty ineffective for them. Um, got to have a ton of answers for that early on. Not try to take your shots necessarily maybe right out of the gate, but then build up to them and use those to pull away later in the game. Um, yep. In the secondary, AJ Terrell is a first rounder and he's coming along. Um, you know, still very much you know, up in the air whether he's going to be a good player or not. Uh, safety Eric Harris and Deron Harmon, two veterans, are out back there for them at safety now. Instead of where we saw Keon Neal and Ricardo Allen in the past, they're not as good, but they're veterans. They've seen some stuff, so um, they'll be back there. Uh, Deron Harmon mostly at free safety. Eric Harris at strong. Um, TJ Green plays some too. He's kind of a safety big nickel type of player. You'll see Fabian Morrow from Washington uh, at one of their other corner spots. Um, and Isaiah Oliver is still around, despite the way that the Bucs have torched that guy over the years. He's still around, still playing yeah. a little bit, factoring in things. Actually, did he play? Yeah, he did. He played. He played a lot. He started a slot for them. So it's, he's going to be there for the taking uh, in, in week one uh, and week two. And, uh, and Moreau and Terrell will be starting uh, on the outside. So, yeah, there's the opportunities here to play against secondary that's going to be overmatched. and. Um, Philadelphia is such a different offense than Tampa Bay. I don't know that watching that tape is going to give me a lot of insight and in how to attack Atlanta. Right. Um, I'd say it's such a small, pretty much size. on the table. It's just it's, it's one week. Obviously, the Falcons didn't do a lot of stuff right. They're smart coaches. They're going to figure out what didn't go right and either fix it or scrap it and try some new things that maybe they couldn't get to in their offensive package to try to take advantage of, you know, of. Uh, maybe not having Sean Murphy Bunting there. I don't know that that's that's a huge loss for the Buccaneers because Murphy Bunting didn't play well, for being honest, against the Cowboys in Week One. He's a good player, but his his performance in Week One against the Cowboys was not to the caliber that it was in the postseason when I thought he played really really well, especially against the likes of Washington Football Team. I mean, really, pretty much uh, all four of the postseason games. So that Sean Murphy Bunting was a different player than he was during the regular season, but Right off the bat, we just kind of saw Murphy Bunting revert back to the Murphy Bunting of, of last year during the regular season. Now, is he better than Ross Cockrell from a physical talent standpoint? Yeah, but we'll just have to see how this secondary comes along. But the whole pressure is getting, or the whole key is getting pressure on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan does not have time to throw a look downfield. That certainly helps out. And I think that was one of the things that really stymied the Bucks' pass rush last week was Ezekiel Elliott. He just picked up. Everybody that was coming up the middle on blitzes, whether it was uh, Joe Tryon with the blitz, whether it was Devin White, Levante David, he just kind of spoiled and stymied everything. He's such a great pass protector. They're, I don't think they're going to have that this week with either Davis or or Patterson back there pass protecting to the level that that uh, Ezekiel Elliott did last week. Yeah, for sure. What you can have this week, Scott, you can have a little bit of whiskey wings. For dinner, for lunch, you pick, you choose, maybe a little after dinner time and getting out to the bar out there. They got a great outdoor bar, Whiskey Wings and Temple Terrace. Uh, they've got just a, it's a beautiful place. There's lots going on there. There's arcade, you can shoot a little hoops they have out there. Uh, it's just a fun place to go, grab a few drinks. And I'm not kidding you, that chicken sandwich right there is actually bigger in person and it tastes unbelievable. Buffalo chicken sandwich is a game changer. You've got to get any of their 20 plus wing sauces on that sandwich it's it's outstanding their wings are in, in the equation there too i love their wings tonight is actually eight uh 10.99 wings and boneless combo night over at whiskey wings so go check that out tonight get yourself some dinner uh get yourself a late night snack whatever you choose but whiskey wings has great food prices tomorrow night is 8.99 burgers and fries that's for real 8.99 burgers and fries and you can see from that picture the size of their sandwiches are going to get your full, your fill. So they just got a lot of great food. Yeah, great place. Uh, go check out Temple Terrace, St. Petersburg location as well. Uh, Whiskey Wing Sports Bar and Grill. They really are changing the game in that way. We're proud to be partners with them. They got some great food, great location. They've been open not even a year. And so go over, check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, and tell them Peter Report sent you when you go as well. Now, John, the thing right. is, is you, you were broadcasting live with our pewter pregame shows last week, but that was a, that was a kind of a, uh, a one 
off kind of thing. We're going to have a couple more games later in the season at Whiskey Wings. But for the Pewter pregame show this week, with the game being a 4.05 start, it's going to be a one-hour pregame show, 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You can watch it right here on Pewter Report TV on YouTube. We invite you to join us at 3 o'clock. We're going to have the Pewter pregame show. And then, John, at 4.05, you're going to transition to Pewter Game Day. You and Paul yes. Atwell are going to be providing all of the breakdowns of all the plays. Now, if you liked what you saw on Monday Night Football with Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, kind of giving some in-game commentary, it's similar to that, although neither <laughs> John nor Paul is Eli or Peyton, so they're different yeah, people. No, no Super Bowl trophies between us. No Super Bowl no rings. Super rings. Um, no NFL playing experience. John, I don't think you saw down at quarterback, right, in your playing days. and. Did- did not no. couldn't get okay. past couldn't get past the low levels of football. No, that was it right. for me. And you were like a lineman. So, at least I hope you were. That's alive. right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, very. Uh, yeah, very defensive end. Very low, uh, low uh, praise positions and grinded out in the trenches. But we right. will have insight. We will have that. We'll have uh, passion uh, for sure, and we'll have energy, excitement. We'll be breaking out everything throughout the game as it happens. Scott, which is really fun. Right. We had last week Mark Schofield, Ryan and I were on. We loved him for week one. We did it for the Texans preseason game. It's been great. The readers and, and viewers have really seen it. Enjoyed the commentary is always terrific throughout the game. So we'll be jumping in, doing some play-by-play. We'll have some uh, either either some play-by-play in there, some play-by-play action uh, that we'll be doing, and we'll be breaking things down in between plays. Paul and I will get synced up on our TVs, and they'll be, right. be breaking everything down. In week two, as the uh, Falcons travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. All right, so so two quick questions. Number one, uh, and we see here from G Vegas, Eli making fun of Peyton's head was hilarious. Will you and or Paul be making fun of each other during the Peter game day? Because I'd like to see that. That would give me the two yeah, that, in addition to watching that. Oh, there will always be those opportunities to throw barbs okay. at each other a little bit. So That's you'll good. see a little bit of that between Paul and I as well. But uh, Paul's a normal head size, so I can't really. I'm probably That's true. on the receiving end of that joke because I've my head's a little, bit, <laughs> a little bit on the large side, maybe. Okay. All right. Well, I, I can understand that. And the second thing, John, in your illustrious uh, high school football playing career, did you ever block a punt? I never blocked a punt. Never had that oh. opportunity. <laughs> See, I, I blocked a punt, John. I don't know if you've, if you've heard that story. I'll get to it at another time. We're running short on time here. Uh, but I blocked a punt. Times I've heard. <laughs> Have you heard that story before? Has anyone yeah, out there heard that story before? Uh, yeah, that's how I got this finger. Okay, like, it's all crooked <laughs> because I blocked the punt. It's, this is like, well, this, this is me doing a straight finger. Like, that's it. I'm like Booger McFarlane, but not as many crooked fingers. Just one. It's right where I caught the tip of the ball, blocked it. You can Shawnee Mission West. I played for the Shawnee Mission South Raiders. We won that game, by the what way. What position were you? I know uh, it's What position were you? I played defensive end, defensive tackle. It's a defensive lineman. Okay. Why nice, the line uh, so much? We play in the same positions. Yeah, I, I also I, I got suckered my freshman year into playing left tackle. Did not go well. Didn't like it. Like to attack rather than defend. So oh, I was the same way. Yeah, I had one sack. I had one sack and I blocked a punt. That was that was my highlights. A very a, below average slash average <laughs> football player. Although yeah, I did have a cool nickname. I was nicknamed Hacksaw. Hacksaw Reynolds. That's actually a really cool name. Yeah, like Jack, really like cool Jack Reynolds, except I'm Scott Reynolds, but I got nicknamed Hacksaw. You know who nicknamed me that? Who? Uh, our star football player is my sophomore year. It was uh, – he was our senior stud running back, homecoming king, I think class president, Terry Mahajer, who is the USF – I'm sorry, not USF. Boy, he's going to kill me. UCF Knights <laughs> athletic director. There How's you that go. Small world? He gave you that nickname. He did. Wow, that's awesome. So, that's a yeah. that's a nickname I might think you still need to go by. I think the viewers <laughs> should call you Hacksaw from now on. No, we need to no. change your little graphic here. Show your pop up say Hacksaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that, well. That, those, we live vicariously through the players that play now. They, 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 listen, those days are long gone. I'm more like a rusty saw right now uh, than I am Hacksaw at <laughs> age 49. That's for sure. So yeah, that's um, right. Well, right. we live vicariously through the players that we cover in some ways, and uh, this will be a matchup, I think, where the Bucks have a clear advantage on paper, Scott. We could touch on special teams, maybe the kicking battle will be a fun yeah. one. You well, know, I, did John... I have my eye on this, Scott. All right. You don't want to listen, yet, listen you nailed it. You nailed it in the Pewter pregame show, spending so much time talking about Bradley Penny, and you're like, let's let's talk about punters. Where else are you going to find the, the punter coverage 
the punting battle. I told you. <laughs> yes, you did. And John, who ended up winning the special teams MVP uh, award for the Bradley, week, the, the player of the week? Bradley Pinion did. Scott. Yes, he's and not a punter. The second one of his career. He's a weapon. He's a, he's a superhero is what he, he is. is. That man is – think about his tackle in the Texans game, the preseason game. That was a That's right. tackle. He's he's a beast. He helps this team in so many ways. His leadership, his kickoffs going all the way through the back of the end zone all the time. Um, man, I'm telling you, he is a really good player. I hope Bucks fans recognize that. But congrats to him for winning that special teams player of the week. Brady won the FedEx uh, Air player of the week, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't even know <laughs> the awards are out there. But uh, he won PFF's player of the yeah. week, too, I think. And So it was a good start for the Bucks in those ways. Um, well, I think and- this will be – this needs to be two and zero. Let's just say that. Oh, this, I agree. As much as we might say this part of the Falcons is is good, this part, this needs to be two and zero. There's no doubt about it. They need to go into LA uh, get two. Yeah, exactly. Now I don't have any clever uh, transitions for this or segues, but I'm just gonna say, uh, you know, if I want to bet on the Bucks, which I already did, I put my money where my mouth is on mybookie.ag. <clears throat> I would like to ensure that this win is gonna happen. Now, I'm not going to ensure the point spread, but I'm going to ensure that this win is going to happen. And now, I don't think Briar Greaves can ensure the win, John. But, but he can ensure everything else, right? In the insurance world, listen, we're still – and, John, this is your first fall slash summer. It's technically, what, September? Fall is coming for you up north, but not down here. It's like just an extension of summer. But, listen, we're still in hurricane season. So whether it's – homeowner's insurance, whether it's commercial property insurance, whether it's life insurance, automobile insurance, boat insurance is one place to turn. That's Briar Greaves Insurance. That's where I do all of my insurance business. The folks at Briar Greaves, they're huge Bucks fans. They're proud sponsors of the Peter Report podcast. You can visit their website, briargreavesinsurance.com. For more information, briargreavesinsurance.com. Give them a call at 813-876-4166. It's 813-876-4166. The cool thing is when you when you call over there, chances are you're going to get Briar, Sam, Greaves. That's their name. That's their their business. You're not going to get some telemarketing person from you know some other country or some other corner of, of, of this country. You're going to get the guys who run the business, who are going to be personally insuring uh, your home, your property, your vehicles, et cetera, briargreavesinsurance.com. So from Brad Griggs, as always, uh, man, I'm just looking. The Cowboys have been like absolutely decimates in that week one game. Michael Gallup in that game, Lyle Collins now suspended. Demarcus Lawrence hurt his foot in practice today. He might be with that. He might not be able to play in this upcoming game. Uh, maybe on that, Neville Gallimore, obviously, Tristan Hill were already out. Calvin Joseph was already out. Uh, so they have totally banged up over there just in terms of tracking with another NFC team. I know the Saints are dealing with. Kind of some COVID, uh, some COVID uh, deals uh, there too. So, um, you know, things to monitor in the NFC. I know you guys talked about the NFC on Monday. Tomorrow, Scott, on the podcast, uh, Casey Hudson and I will be having uh, Jay Ratchet from WAE on the Very show, cool. and it'll be a 7.30. It'll be a 7.30 oh. p.m. show. You're going primetime, so, uh, John. Look at you. For the primetime, yes. Yeah. As John's going to get his fancy frontier internet service. He's going to go primetime with it. That's awesome. Well, Look, I'm trying to give Frontier more opportunity and more time to make this right so that I can get back on the normal internet. Exactly. That's my full objective here uh, is to have a good, clean show with no interruptions for once in the exactly. Wi-Fi saga of my first year in Florida. Hopefully that can happen. Uh, most people long know. Lost flavor. Yeah, most people know I'm a Kansas State alum. But listen, business is business, John. And I hit, I hit Nevada on the money line too. I think Nevada's got a good chance of winning uh, at – Kansas State, they, they won at Cal in week one. I, too, have Nevada uh, on the money line. If, if K-State wins, then, then I'm happy. If they lose, at least I make money. So um, I, I've got that. The other one that I've got, and I'm not a financial, uh, I should say, I'm not a, a betting guru by any means. I've, I've just had a good weekend, folks. But I'll share this with That's you. Right. I like Arkansas State over with uh, Washington at Washington. Washington cannot score points. They just can't. I love you, Jimmy Lake. You know, I love your defense, but your offense is in trouble right now. They lost at home to Montana week one, I think 10 to seven. Then they went up and got waxed and only scored, I think, 13 points at Michigan. 
and you've got a you've got a Arkansas State team that that the money line is is I forget what it is eight fifty or something like that or five fifty. It's it's a, it's a sweet money line. So I'm playing it. Just saying. Right. I mean, you'll probably win. You'll probably win. I'm going to go out on that line of that. It's pretty. They're yeah. an exciting team. I think uh, they're they do some good things for sure. Yeah. Oh, and uh, this yeah, guy Carson too. Strong. Yeah, Carson Strong, very good. He already has six touchdowns on the year. Um, I'm interested yeah, to see him play. This yeah, that's what I was alluding to by saying that long lost guy is a good pull. I didn't know if you would be familiar with that name yet, but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start watching him long lost Glazer, but we got, there's a crack in Tampa Bay that might be around for <laughs> for a while here, so yeah. I don't know if I'll have to start going on that. Are you talking about Blaine Gabbard? Yeah, You're talking, talking about Blaine. Blaine Gabbard, obviously. Oh, of course. And yeah. Kyle Trask, obviously. Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah, Trask, Trask, that's right. Brady, but you were talking about you know, Blaine, though, right? Mainly Blaine, yeah. Mainly, mainly Blaine. Blaine, yeah. <laughs> Maybe Trask, but mostly Blaine, right? Mostly Blaine, yeah. Mostly I mean, Blaine. mostly Blaine's hair. It will yeah, live well, on after long after he's gone. Yeah. Listen, I, I look, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, trashing, you know, Kyle Trask at all. He's, he's good looking guy. Good looking guy. I think Blaine's a great looking guy. Just saying. Yeah, he's got the hair. Yeah, better looking guy than Trask. We'll see that wins in the job eventually. That, that will take part in our evaluation of that when that battle comes up. Without but for now, the best looking of the three is Brady and includes on the field as well as he was yeah. carving. He should carve again in week two. I'm on Bucks roll to a, a dub in the second half. No problems. I'm going 38 to 17. Oh, my goodness. We're close, dude. We're close. Oh. Um, I, yeah, I, too, have the Bucks scoring 38. Uh, I, I think their wow. defense is going to be a little bit more stout. I think it's going to be 38 to 13. I think Tampa Bay is going to really handle business. And um, part of my my analysis includes the fact that Tom Brady is a more handsome man than Matt Ryan. So not that Matt Ryan's ugly. Okay. It's just that this, he's not Tom might, Brady. Hey, this might be a new segment each week. Quarterback handsomeness rankings. and who, you know, who We got Brady against Ryan this week. Brady against Stafford next week. It's looking good for the Bucs. Looking good for the box, Scott. If, it, if we're going off that, it's like Mac Jones the next week. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's Tom Brady every week, my friend. He's a good looking man. I can, I can just say it, you know. There's not going to be a whole lot of competition. And, it, and, season, and should something happen, should something happen to Tom Brady, we're going to knock on wood to make sure it doesn't. But, I mean, you got Blaine Gabbert stepping in. So that's, is, that's, that's a hard. I, is it a drop off or is it a step up? I'm not going to touch that one, but. Just, I'd say if it's a draw between the starters, the tiebreaker goes to the backup quarterback comparison, the QB2 comparison. And there yeah. can't be a better looking QB2 in the league than Gabbard. If there is, please let me know. It's the, it's the best looking one-two punch in yes. the NFL. may not be the Good best one-two punch, but it's, yeah. it's the best looking one-two punch. Yeah. Paul, good point. This is how Scott finds his agent and wins the big ones. This is how you win five large, Scott, on these bats. Got to consider things that others don't. John, I've been doing this for 26 years for a reason. Okay. That's right. that's the, the veteran edge yeah. I bring to Peter Report. That's right. That's right. They have it. People yeah. have it now. They have the same edge you. So I yeah. love it. All right. Let's get it. Tomorrow on the show, 7.30 p.m., Casey Hudson and myself will have Jay Retcher with us from WDE. Very excited. We're going to talk lots of bucks. It's going to be a really fun show with Jay. Always is. He's able to join us. So looking forward to that tomorrow on the show. And then we'll be back, of course, Sunday. Pre-game starts at 3. We got the live in-game stream at 4. About 40, well, actually, we're probably going to, yeah. We'll be yeah, about 45 minutes after kick, after the five gun sounds. Yep. We'll be live on the Peter Report post-game podcast for more partying, hopefully, if the Bucks take care of business, and more analysis. So looking forward to that. Until then, thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. Look at that finger.